I think we've decanted for long enough. It's time to sit back and enjoy Two Sharp Reds with Mark Schwarzer and Ollie Geel. You're listening to another episode of the Two Sharp Reds with myself, Ollie Geel, and Australia's third favourite son, Mark Schwarzer. Of course, here on the Two Sharp Reds, our aim is to try some of our favourite red wines. And towards the end of the episode, we will compare this red wine to a player past or present and Mark before we get underway and talk about all things in the FA Cup of course this week here in England uh, we saw that Optus Sports will be donating 1,000 Australian dollars for every goal scored in the next round in the Premier League to aid the bushfire crisis going on in Australia at the moment and when you see that sort of stuff and of course from from all sporting personalities alike across the world it really warms the, the cockles of your heart doesn't it? It does, yeah. And uh, listen, obviously, we, we, we've seen from afar uh, the tragedy around Australia. Um, and the bushfires have obviously been devastating. It's been well documented on, on, on how, uh, how much Australia has been suffering. And it's been uh, it's so hard to see from, from such afar, um, let alone if you were there in the country. So, you know, anything that anyone can do um, to, to try and help um, to try and help people rebuild their lives once once they get to a point yeah. where where it's then safe to move back to their homes. Hopefully, they still have homes. Um, there's many many people who have lost their homes. Um, just wish that everyone stays safe and that at the very least, um, if it's a material loss, uh, that's I think something that people can kind of live with and move on. Um, and hopefully, that's the worst that happens. Um, but you know, for Optus Sport to do what they've done is brilliant. And like you said, there's many, many people out there that are donating kindly uh, to all the various charity, uh, charitable organisations. And um, obviously, it's a very, very well worthy cause. And let's try and you know, let's try and raise as much money as we possibly can, and let's hope the Premier League scores a bundle of goals. I was going to say, you don't still have Jamie Vardy's phone number, do you? Just have a quiet word with him. Just say, look, would you be in the mood for a four or five goal bag? Yeah, listen, I'm sure he will be, uh, regardless, uh, and let alone add, add the incentive that it all goes to charity, money raised for each goal. I'm sure be, he'll be even that little bit more up for it, if that's even possible. Yeah, that's exactly right, Mark. Hey, what uh, red wine are we choosing to drink today? I know that there are a few options last episode. We went with the 19 Crimes Banished in the end, but uh, it's one of your more exotic pieces, I believe, this week. Well, no, actually, you know what? I've gone with a, with a Chilean wine. So it's called Don Cayetano. Uh, it's mm. a Camenre. <laughs> All sure. the best for that one. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All been <there>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it's a 2018 vintage selection, um, and uh, you know what? It's I, I do like Chilean wine. It's uh, something again. Like I said, I'm in the UK, and uh, I like to. Even though the UK don't have, well, we do have some some wines, but not a lot of red wines. Um, and I don't mind then trying some of the New World wines, and Chile's certainly one of those. And uh, let's give this one a go. Cheers. Hey, mate, let's, uh, let's talk Magic of the Cup or Magic of the Wine Glasses uh, in our case. It's been a great weekend so far of FA Cup action. Of course, by the time that this podcast is out, it'll be interesting to see what happens between Arsenal and Leeds. Uh, I think we all know what will happen there. <coughs> cough, cough, not worried at all. Uh, but in terms of the weekend that's been, I mean, it is the Magic of the Cup for a reason. I guess, where do you want to start? I mean... For, for starters, Derby County knocking out Crystal Palace. Uh, Wayne Rooney was fantastic. And I guess to an extent, this is what it's all about, Mark. Yeah, it is the magic of the cup, isn't it? That, that's what we want to see. We want to see, 
you know, you do want to see some upsets. You obviously, I think as a purist, as a, as a football fan, uh, along the way to have some some runs in the cup from a, from a lower league club is, is always phenomenal. Uh, but I think ultimately when you get to the final, you kind of want the two biggest clubs that are left, the two biggest teams, or at least the two best matched teams that would give us potentially the best final. Um, because more often than not, the final is either one-sided or it's a very dull affair. Um, and obviously, we know that no guarantees just because you've got two of the top teams in there that you're going to get a good final. We all know that. Uh, but um, I think over the course of years, we've seen when two teams have got to the final, one one Premier League side, a big big name Premier League side, and say a, a lesser team that uh, have made an incredible journey. We've seen it in the past that they've they've been in the, on the receiving end of a of a of a bit of a thrashing, and and no one likes to see that. I mean, I know it's all about the journey, but the day itself is very special. Mm. And uh, you know, I love the FA Cup. I always loved it as a foot, as a player, and I I still love it now as a as a as a as a fan. Would you struggle? Do you think if you're a manager of a team, certainly a lower league team, when just when it comes to to sorting out your priorities? So as we've talked about before, you know, I'm I'm quite fond of Crew Alexander and really like going up to, to that part of the world to watch a, a bit of lower league football. They lost to Barnsley, who are really struggling in the championship at the moment, looking like it's all but all but sorted out that they'll go down. And, you know, Barnsley really tried to win this game. You know, at what point do you... Would, would you struggle if you were in that position where you have to kind of decide, right, do we want a cup run or do we want to try and save what we've got and save our legs so we can try and save our season in the league? I think any team that are in are in the, in the various leagues that are say struggling for for uh, position or maintaining their position in their in their various leagues, I think the cup competition is a good distraction because it enables you to try and build some extra confidence. Um, and it's all about momentum, you know, getting those games under your belt, winning games, building building momentum, building confidence, and you move into the next game, and hopefully you carry that form. Um, into that next fixture, um, it, it's it's obviously a big hope. Uh, but I think for a team that say if you are down the bottom like Barnsley, they'll try and grow anything they possibly can to give them a, an extra little boost to trying you know going into that next league game to maybe give them that 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 uh, that kickstart that they need. I think if you're a team that are looking for promotion at that end of the table, it's more about making sure you get your best players fit, ready to play the next game, continuing along that moment with that momentum continue along with that confidence uh, and and the cup can I think be a little bit of a distraction I think it can be one that can uh, uh, you know sort of take your mind off the league but also it, it enable well it, it potentially puts you in a position where you may injure a player you may lose a player through suspension a player that you can ill afford losing in in the in the league well, one team in particular that's been able to sort of cross those two boundaries in, in still building confidence but maintain the health of their better players uh, so far, you know, is Liverpool. You know, they've been incredible. We saw on the weekend that their kids, you know, beat arguably Everton's best side. <laughs> that just says a lot about, you know, that must be such a huge confidence booster for anyone involved with Liverpool to know that their club's in pretty good hands. You know, it's not just their starting eleven that's doing bits and pieces. You know, you can look to your youth, you can look to your secondary and your reserves and know that things are all right on Merseyside, certainly the red side. Well, it, shows you, it just goes to show you what confidence can do. Um, you know, they've, they've only got... If you, look at the, if you look at the side that started the game against Everton, 
James Milner, who came off after about six or seven minutes due to injury, unfortunately, for Liverpool. Adrian, Joe Gomez, Lalana, and then uh, Divock Origi. And obviously you've got uh, Tamuki Minamino, who made his uh, debut for Liverpool. Other than that, the rest are all pretty much under 23 players. And that's Unreal. pretty impressive, you know, to, to be there for, in, a, in a derby match. And, and I know it's an FA Cup, but the FA Cup has so much history between these two clubs. It's enormous. And then you look at, then you look at Everton. And yes, you're right. It is pretty much, well, it is. It's their strongest possible side. And they've gone there. Ancelotti has gone there with the view and the, and the, and the hope and, the, and, the, and obviously the, um, the objective to knock Liverpool out, be one of those few teams that, that actually defeat Liverpool this season. And they fell flat on their face. They were poor. Liverpool were, were excellent. And, uh, I mean, like I said, it's all about momentum. It's about confidence. And, I, you know, the club factor, I think the, the, the atmosphere, the environment that he's created at Liverpool is, can't be underestimated. It's been incredible. And uh, to have so many young players come in, so many changes to your side, but still come away with a win against your, one of your fiercest rivals is, is a huge credit to them. He wouldn't be the most confident man in England at the moment, though. Who do you think that would be? Because there's a correct answer. Uh, well, you, I think. I mean, on the last conversation, yeah, well, <laughs> you think you could play, you could play in, the, in, the, in the Premier League. You know, let's be honest. No, I said Fulham, mate. I'm, I'm aiming championship level. Well, you Don't think, worry, I'm not... Well, yeah, but there's not a hope, there's not a hope in the world that you yeah. could play championship. I've told you that already. Oh, well, yeah, and you don't have to bring it up again. What I was going with there, Mark, was Tom Pope from yep. Port Vale. We saw unbelievable... So, so Port Vale take on uh, Man City at the Etihad. They lose 4-1, but a few... Oh, jeez, when was it? Was it a year ago? More than a year ago? Can't quite remember, but Tom Pope made that tweet saying, geez, you know, I know he plays for England. I know he earns over 150000 a week, but if I got to play on John Stones, I'd score 40 goals a season. What happens? He scores. He scores Port Vale's only goal. Then, just when you think you can't get any funnier and, you know, the memes have written themselves, he goes on Twitter and says, sorry about that. I was wrong to say that I'd score 40 goals. It's more like 50. Have a good weekend. And you just go, for me, you know, when, as you said, you, you use the term magic of the cup. For me, that's it. That's it. You know, they lost and, you know, they lost pretty badly, really. But these little storylines, these moments for these real proper proper characters that we'll never forget and certainly he'll never forget well I mean first of all, let me correct you did they lose badly not at all they actually did really really well um, they lost 4-1 uh, we know Watford went to, to Manchester City and, and lost 8-0 and, and they're, they're another Premier League side so you know for Port Vale uh, I think they come away with their heads held very very high and uh, yeah Tom Pope wow I mean Listen, you've got to have some goal. You've got to have some confidence uh, to say that. And then, obviously, you're in you're in, you're in Manchester, and you're coming up against well, let's say your nemesis, you 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 know the player that you, you you've given enormous amount of stick to, and you've got to deliver because if you don't deliver, you're just gonna you, you're gonna be ridiculed. You're gonna fall away and never be seen again, and you'll be burying your head in the sand and won't leave your house. And what does he do? He pops up and scores. And what I loved about it uh, in the end was one of his other tweets that he's put out there. He said, the highlight of my day wasn't the goal. It was Benjamin Mendy waiting outside our dressing room 
waiting for a selfie with me to put in their group chat. And then he's got lots Andre. of smiley faces, crying smiley faces. Mendy has bants. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's, that's excellent. I love that. That that just uh, it just really that that's right up Mastrasa. That tickles me enormously, and it does get me thinking. You know, I, I love it when a player really falls on their face when it comes to making a massive statement, and it just doesn't work out. I think I think it is quite funny. Does that ever happen to you, where you've thought you might give them, you know, just to psych them out, and it's either worked in your favour or, or not? I've 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 on a couple of occasions given interviews. And leading up to games, um, I remember one time against, I think it was Manchester United uh, at home, or it was Middlesbrough, and you give an interview, and th- throughout the, the, the interview, you, you're talking about various different, um, different, you know, different subjects, and, and obviously it obviously always revolves around a player in the other team, and, or a couple of players, and, and you give your verdict on how they're doing at the moment, and you know, what do you think their strengths and weaknesses are, and you're, you're being very respectful, very honest, um, well, we're not even very honest because you're actually being a little bit with, with, withheld of your, you know, your your total analysis because you you don't want to be too controversial or controversial at all. Anyway, so you think right? I finished that interview. That was all right. That was that was cool. Nothing I really said that they could make anything out of it. Anyway, next day or the day before the game or the day of the game, there's massive headlines in the newspaper, and and the headlines 99.9 percent of the time are made up. They are, they are an editor's uh, interpretation of what you've said. And most of the time, right. as you know in the media world, most of that time, that license is so loose and that interpretation is so off the mark, it's embarrassing. It's basically they use it as, they've got freedom. They, they feel that they have, a, they, they have the ability as a journalist to, to write and to say uh, and interpret it in any way in which they seem or deem suitable to their own gain, and that's pretty much what it is. And I've I've had ones where there's been a massive headline, and it's I remember it was about Wayne Rooney, and it was literally giving Wayne Rooney stick and saying that he was that he was poor, and I never said it. I never said that. I never said anything like it. And so there's massive big headlines, and what happens is most people just read the headlines, and they'll read the article. And rather than look at the, through the article, and, and obviously the, you know the the editor and the journalist are pretty clever, and they'll 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 intertwine it so it makes out as if I've said it, but I haven't said it because it's not in inverted commas. But most people don't actually even look at that. Most people go, "Oh, look what he said! I can't believe he said that!" You know the arrogance of him. How can he say that? And 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 you can see, you know, players uh, and, cl- and 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 the teams you're coming up against, they're, they're clearly upset about it. And and off more and, and on the odd occasion. There'll be something said to you. You know, a player like will what? say something to you, make a comment about about what you said in the newspapers, and it's kind of like you've got to go and listen. I didn't say that, and it's, as always, it's completely blown out of proportion. And the the editors decided to take you know freedom of his own uh, interpretation of of the events, and it's completely out of order. And I, I'd have to say, read what I've said, read what's written in inverted commas, because that's actually what I said. Halftime drinks here on the two sharp reds. Now, how is this Chilean wine going down for you, Mark? Yeah, very nice, mate. It's um, you know, it's a nice a nice drop. It's again another one that I would just be happy to in the afternoon, late afternoon, have a couple of sips on. You know, goes down to the back. You know, goes to the back of your palate really nicely, very smoothly, 
and uh, it's got a nice, nice, uh, sort of very, very light, fruity touch taste to it. Mark, we saw that uh, Zlatan's statue in Sweden has been um, defaced and, and then finally pulled down. Um, in what we've seen, he, he from, from what I'm aware, he is invested into Malmo's rival club. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's bought a 25% stake in, I think it's Hammerby. And uh, yep. it's the, obviously the biggest rivals to Malmo. Um, and Malmo is the club that uh, Ibrahimovic started his career at. So it, for, for the Malmo supporters, it literally, it is a proper, you know, it's a two fingers to them. It's a, it's a spit in their face. It's whatever you want to call it. And if anyone's going to do it and anyone feels like they can get away with it. and Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Or doesn't really care about the, the, the criticism that they're going to receive, it's Ibrahimovic, isn't it? I mean, he's, he's one that's got big enough shoulders, broad enough shoulders to, to be able to handle it. Um, how far will this go? Uh, well, you know, the, the Malmo supporters were just not giving up, were they? I mean, from the day that it was announced, uh, the protests, the, the, I think the mission to deface, I wouldn't even say deface, denose, denose his statue, <laughs> then yep. to chop his legs off, uh, has been ongoing for a number of months now. They actually set it alight. There was a toilet seat uh, draped over his head. Um, yeah, I think he was spray painted. There was a whole lot of stuff. It was actually under, under I think, a police guard at one stage. Uh, obviously, someone was caught napping, and uh, now he's been chopped from the ankles, and he is now uh, lying down, falling over. And I, I think mean, I just never to be seen I again. Get it. I get it. I get that you're, you're frustrated, but to an extent, I also think like surely it's worth it. Worse if he played for the club. Like, I, you know, this is a business sort of, you know, transition for him. You know, you, I mean, I know it might be, be different in terms of they might be slightly more passionate, but I remember a couple of weeks ago when Petr Cech posted a photo on Facebook and he said, how good's this? I've got all the alerts on my phone for my favourite teams and it's his ice hockey team and Chelsea. And you go, well, oh, what about Arsenal? <laughs> like, I, I get it because it's clearly his two favourite teams. What, were you I understand upset? that. Were you upset? Yeah, of course I was. Really? I'm not going to go and, you know... I don't know. I'm not going to go burn a helmet, am I? But, but if he, you know, but if he had just... a statue outside Arsenal Stadium, uh, outside the Emirates, what would you do? Well, I don't know, but I will say it reminds me of a time that when Cesc Fabregas went to Chelsea and uh, Arsenal fans grabbed the flag of him on the Legends Bridge and threw it off. There you go. Which was, uh, you know, the, so I get, you know, it does happen, I suppose. Well, you but see surely it, this... You see yeah. it in Madrid, <clears throat> Atletico Madrid. Um, Courtois and also now with Griezmann you know at uh, Atletico's new stadium they've got these um, these uh, these like these brick or, or I think it's a tile on the floor on the ground outside the stadium with all the former players um, names on it and the times at which they played at the club and every time that Courtois makes a reappearance at the stadium 
they 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 pour stuff over it they put a uh, cigarette ash on it they dump stuff on it um, they do all sorts of stuff to it just to show their distaste uh, to him after he left uh, Atletico and then obviously going to Chelsea wasn't an issue the problem was that he came back to Madrid but went to their arch rivals and went to Real Madrid mm-hmm. uh, Griezmann leaving and going to Barcelona and it was more about the way he did it and the way it was perceived that he did it so that the, the, the fans felt and the club made out as if uh, you know he was, he was shortchanging the club um, in the transfer fee and that Barcelona would have to pay less money uh, the way it was done and, and obviously you know the fans held him responsible for it as well so you know the, the, it does happen and it happens it happens fairly frequently I think what we don't what we what we can't under uh, what, we, what you can't do is underestimate the ferocity of the Swedish fans um, they can be very brutal I, I don't support a club as passionately as as, as, a lot, as most supporters do um, you know, playing for, for a variety of clubs, not growing up in this country and uh, not really having a team that I that I just every day, every every moment think about and and uh, get excited about and, and, and watch every single minute of every game that they do. And, and some of these people actually watch their training sessions and everything if it's on TV. So it's hard to to imagine. Uh, you know how you can become so passionate and so entwined in a football club. You do say that you're not specifically passionate about one team, but I think I'd actually disagree with that because at this stage it must be Chelsea because there's a reason to to fall in love with them even more because we've just seen Sam Kerr. She's made her debut for the Chelsea women's side. They won three one against Reading. She came on as a sub, didn't score. But geez, it just feels right, doesn't it, Mark? It just feels right to have her on these shores. Oh, it's brilliant. And and the thing is, it was interesting. Uh, I actually hadn't seen, I haven't seen the game, but I've read, I read a lot of the comments um, about her performance. I've read the headlines from various media outlets of how she's done, and and uh, most of the the response, most of the headlines were about a solid performance or a, you know, impressive performance. Um, uh, from Sam Kerr, and then a lot of the lot of the uh, the comments from from people, and and again, you've got to be careful not to 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 look too much into it and believe everything that people write. But hang, on. but the problem is, it's an overwhelming kind of um, not barrage, but but amount of comments that said, well, hang on, how how did she have a solid performance when she missed two sitters? And uh, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, she got an assist, but missed two sitters. And someone of Sam Kerr's sort of stated, you'd expect her to score. Uh, not every time, but nearly every time. Um, yeah, so you know what? It's tough, and it's going to be a big change for her. First and foremost, she said it after the game. The, the, weather's, the weather's a big part. You know, she's come from very, very hot conditions to, was it, six, seven degrees, eight degrees. Uh, the pitches are different. People don't understand. The grass is different. The pitches are different. They're softer here. Okay, Tell, uh, explain this to me, because is grass not just grass? No, it's not. It's very different, depending on where you are. So if you go to Australia... And you compare the grass in Australia to the grass in Europe is very different. Uh, the, the the conditions of the actual pitches themselves, the, uh, the the dryness or the wetness, depending on where you are, and that's very different. Uh, the pitches in Australia are generally so much harder than they are here, and which is understandable because, of the, because again, it's all to do with the weather. Um, so and and the deluge of, of rain that you may get at one particular time in a very short period of time, whereas in the UK, yeah, we get a rain over a longer period of time. The pitches are different. They absorb it more. They've got the drains. It's a it's a very different setup. 
Um, and uh, you know you notice it so much when you're playing in the national team, going back to Australia, playing on the pitches. Uh, and what didn't help us was we played on pitches that were always played either the night before or the day of, uh, not the day of, but the night before or a couple of days before by the various other codes. Um, and all the pitches were set up specifically for another code and not for football. So that also makes a very, very big difference. Whereas here, she's playing on pitches that are only for football. And So two-part a two part question for you, Mark. As a goalkeeper, could you notice a physical difference to your body when you were diving on harder grass? Yeah, definitely. Not, well, it's not harder grass, is it? I mean, the grass itself is grass. So it's either going to be thicker grass, thinner grass. One is not normally harder than the other. Um, it's more the ground, isn't it, Ollie? Well, I don't know. I'm so just you saying. Know about no, grass, you, by listen, the sounds I'm just of it. Saying, you know, I've seen you've sent me pictures. You tried to, you tried to, uh, to show me how much of a footballer you were. And there was seriously, there was one picture. I actually thought you'd broken your ankle. The no, way well, that's you, that was. That was the moment my knee went. Is that That's the why I put that in there. Is that, is that yeah. what happened? See, yeah, that captured. looks like you're, you, you broke your ankle. On the grass as well. So I totally understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, no, and, and that, that is a big difference, definitely. I mean, I used to feel it all the time. And, and, and interestingly, uh, again, so many times when I played for Australia, you go back and play a game, and we played a stadium that was either a rugby league ground or an AFL ground and, and when it was a rugby league ground the football pitches uh, are slightly longer and unfortunately for the goalkeeper for me the the goal posts or the rugby league goal posts the holes were always right in the middle of the six yard box so oh. and they were generally a little bit of a mound and then when they put they covered over the holes with a bit of turf and it became even more of a mound so you didn't have a completely flat area in front of you and that was, that was always so concerning. Back passes, any shots, anything that bounced off that area could go in all sorts of directions, could take an extra bounce, could smash you in the face, um, could bounce over you. I mean, the amount of times at training I got smashed in the face or the ball bounced over me or you hurt or it bounced and hit your finger um, because the timing was slightly out because of the unusual bounce uh, was, was, so, oh, it was so frustrating. And uh, I, I used to always dread it. In a game, I used to just think, please don't go anywhere near it. Or you'd try and get to the ball before it got to it, you know, that area to try and avoid any kind of uh, incident where you may have egg on your face. And most people wouldn't care. Most people afterwards would go, oh, what a massive mistake you made. They wouldn't get that there's a massive mound there where the goalposts were. And they'd just say, oh, it's just an excuse. You should deal with it. So is that what happened to Zalko Kalic against Croatia? Must have been, even though it was must only a football stadium and no other sport played in that stadium. Someone must have, he must have put some rugby league posts in front of him or something. Exactly, I think there's, must have. There's, there's something going on there. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. And then how did you find playing on, on pitches for, that were designed for different codes? Because I certainly know that, say, behind closed doors, the AFL guys were certainly having you know words to say about the fact that you guys were playing on there. Was there the same amount of banter between the, the football guys talking about the AFL guys? Um, no, I wasn't talking about the AFL guys themselves. It was more about just the frustration that we couldn't get a pitch that hadn't had a game played on it uh, the day before or two days before, and the pitches were ruined for, for a football game. I mean, you could easily play rugby league games and AFL games on them because the actual the amount of grass coverage or the flatness of the pitch was kind of it's, it's kind of irrelevant to, to AFL and to rugby league but for football obviously the, the flatter the pitch the better the grass coverage the, hopefully the better better football is played on it 
and you're able to play uh, a decent game of football and there's more consistency uh, with your passes and your touch and and that was the biggest frustration and then you know they, they had a lot of their sponsors uh, spray painted on the grass all the grass colored and that was all over the place so yeah so it's it's um, it was frustrating it was very frustrating it was a more of an annoyance that as an organization as a governing body that that, that that football Australia couldn't get a better venue for us Mark, it's been a great, uh, well, I always say it's been a great episode and it's very, very humble of me, isn't it, to, to just publicly announce that? No, you do that really well, mate. You do that regularly. Yeah. And, and I, I yeah. admire that about you, mate, that, that you've got an enormous amount of self-confidence. And, yeah. uh, and on this occasion, you know, I probably have to agree with you again. Yeah, it's been, it's been good, hasn't it? I thought it has been really good. Um, but uh, no, I am looking forward to, to chatting with you next week after hopefully plenty and plenty on top of that goals have been scored so of course as we mentioned Optus will be donating 1,000 Australian dollars for every goal scored in the next round of the Premier League Um, but Mark we have been trying one of your exotic wines uh, from Chile Um, and of course as we we do on the Two Shot Reds our aim is to compare this bottle of wine to a player so can you just explain a little bit more again as to the sort of flavours you're enjoying when it comes to this wine? Yeah, what I'm enjoying is uh, the smoothness, smoothness of it, the consistency of it. It, uh, it really does just go down very easily. Um, it's one that, you know, a bottle of wine that I think you could easily drink in an afternoon um, and not necessarily have anything with it. You don't have to have any cheese with it. You don't have to have any food with it. It's just a nice, comfortable, easy drink that uh, I'm really enjoying. And, uh, you know, I think everyone should have one. One of these bottles on their shelf. So with that in mind, I'm, you know, I, I've, I've come up with a mind. The, the minute I came out with my description of this bottle of wine, the player's name popped into my head. And uh, it's a play, he's a player that I played with uh, at, uh, at Fulham, a uh, Welsh player. And uh, again, I think one of those players that for, for so many people uh, was probably largely underrated. Uh, did suffer a lot though with injuries and that's possibly why uh, he was underrated at times probably people didn't get to see him consistently enough uh, particularly when he was at Tottenham Uh, but then when he came to Fulham particularly that first two years I was there sort of 2008 to 2010 under Roy Hodgson he really flourished and he got consistency under his belt he was able to play enough games and he was he was very very good Uh, he was one he's a player that that you know, you, you really should have one of these in every team. Um, he was a wide sort of player. Could play also in more inside in midfield, central midfield, but probably was best uh, out as a wide midfield player. And uh, he, was, he, was, he was quick. He wasn't exceptionally quick, but he was quick. His ball control was really good. His delivery into the box was, was very good and also could finish. You know, and uh, wasn't afraid to take the ball inside and have a shot at a shot at goal. But predominantly, was someone that was happy to take players on and whip in that either that early cross or get down to the byline and look for a cutback. And in that mind, uh, it's Simon Davies. Yeah, nice, good finish too, as he said. Uh, I like it, Mark. Really like it. Uh, and I've gone for for similar similar verbs um, and adjectives. Can't remember which one's which, but I'm going for for the two of them. Um, but in particular, smooth. The word smooth really caught me 
in this one, um, particularly uh, when you say that you know every team needs one. Not every team does have one, but every team should have one. Is that smoothness and flowing throughout the pitch? But also this one in particular for me, it does pack a small punch. Like there's a small amount of, of you know fruitiness and, and a small explosion, and it, and it does pack a bit of a, a bit of a hit, which we've seen uh, in player wise, we've seen in, uh, sort of in the last few weeks. In particular, but then the other word that, that really gets to me is is the fact that it is such a great finish. This wine, it it, it definitely tastes better at the end to, compared to your your first sip. So with that in mind, I'm going for Tottenham's Son Hong Min. Ah, oh, there you go. See, I I was I was almost I was so tempted to jump in there because I thought I had it. I thought I knew who you were going to say. I thought you were going to say <laughs> Granite Jacker. He's you what everyone that. needs. Every Arsenal fan loves him. Can't wait. And the best thing about it is when you see him close that door and walk out from the stadium and leave Arsenal forever as an Arsenal fan. Is that right or not? Well, can I can I really... I mean, this is where I really have to ask you. What do you find funnier, making a joke about Granite Xhaka or saying to your children, see you next year on January 31st? <laughs> what do you, what, I can't tell which one you'd prefer. Really? On January... Th- what did you say? January 31st? Yeah, when you say, see you next year. What would I say January oh. on January 31st? Why would I say, see you next year on January 31st? Do, uh, have I got the amount of days wrong in the month? Wouldn't I say... In oh, the- December, December. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. And that's why I'm doing a podcast about wine. Yes. Because, yeah, when it, you, you put a few numbers in front of me, it all just clearly goes horribly wrong. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's, dear all, me, I, I, that's all I've got on that one. Oh, dear. Yep. No, I think we should probably end it there. But thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see what happens between that game with Arsenal and Leeds in the FA Cup. And also, the next time we speak, hopefully there have been bags upon bags of goals scored in the Premier League. And thank you again to Optus and everyone who's donated to the Australian bushfires. Um, and Mark, cheers. Cheers, mate.